As I've said repeatedly, I was a big fan of Saturday morning cartoons, especially in the 1980s, which might have been the end of the Saturday morning cartoon craze in the grand scheme of things, but being the age that I am, it was right at the peak of when I was enjoying them the most. So I would still get ready for them. I would go out and get the TV guide once they had the Saturday morning cartoon preview. I would check out what's coming on, and then I would watch them. And afterwards, I would get together with my friends and talk about how awesome they were. In the mid-80s, there was a TV show coming on by Disney. And I loved Disney stuff. I still do. And was looking forward to checking it out. Now, I was always hoping that Disney would come out with more classic cartoons. But in this case, they were creating a show called The Gummy Bears, which I thought was weird. Is it a show based on the candy? But still, it was Disney, so I was going to check it out. I watched it, and I loved it. I loved everything about it. I liked the theme song. I loved the action, I liked the setting, everything about it was great. That afternoon I got together with my friends to discuss it. This was the first time after a premiere of a new Saturday morning lineup where things were different and my friends were like, what? We didn't watch cartoons, we were watching movies this morning. They all had cable at that point and were watching movies and they had given up Saturday morning cartoons and not one of them had watched Gummy Bears. It was a sad moment, I still can remember it. But it didn't dampen my enthusiasm. I still tried to talk about it, and they all rolled their eyes. And I would continue to watch Gummy Bears for the rest of its run. Way past the time that any of my friends were still watching cartoons. Even today, I think of cartoons as something that transcend age, and the more clever ones are ones that appeal to multiple generations. The Gummy Bears is definitely one of those shows. Sure, it's kind of silly. It's about a group of anthropomorphic bears who are the last survivors of a great civilization, but it's got good action, fun mythology that you can follow, and interesting characters. On today's show, we'll talk about those interesting characters, we'll talk about that mythology, we'll talk about the talent behind the show, we'll talk about its release on DVD and in syndication, and we'll throw in a few fun facts while we're at it. We have a very gummy episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show. Gummy bears were loosely inspired by the gummy bear candies, which became very popular in America in the 1980s. Gummy bear? If 
been in my pocket. They're real warm and soft. Disney CEO Michael Eisner was with his son one day, and his son really wanted some gummy bears, and Eisner thought, wow, there might be something here. So he brought it to development, and they began work on a show. The series premiered on NBC on September 14, 1985. So a little bit about the plot of the gummy bears. The series was about a group of anthropomorphic bears called the Gummy Bears, who are the last remnants of a once-thriving gummy civilization. They were forced to contract their kingdom and kind of disappear because humans came along and were jealous of the technological advancement and magical skills of the Gummy Bears. And in the show, which sort of takes place in a medieval world, the Gummy Bears are thought of as fairy tales. The main characters of the show... There are six at the beginning, and increases to seven in the third season, live in a subterranean warren called Gummy Glen, which is in the medieval kingdom of Dunwin. There's crossover into the human world, mainly because of a human boy named Cavan. The thing that's special about Cavan is that he happens to have a gummy medallion, which had been found by his grandfather many years earlier. Cavan finds his way into Gummy Glen and is captured by the gummy bears, who interrogate him and try to figure out where he got the medallion. Cavan escapes when Tummy Gummy inadvertently gives him some gummy berry juice, and we find out that the gummy berry juice has a very interesting effect on humans, makes them super strong. Cavan, while trying to escape, shows that he's a gentle person, and the bears are impressed by this, and make him swear an oath that he won't reveal anything about Gummy Glen, and by doing so, he becomes their friend. The medallion that he has is very special, because it unlocks the colony's Great Book of Gummy, which is a reference guide to the forgotten knowledge of the gummy bears. Inspired by the book, they decide to rediscover their heritage and, at the same time, help Cavan and the Kingdom of Dunwin fight against evil. Later on in the show, another human from Dunwin, the daughter of the king, Princess Kala, she discovers Gummy Glen as well, and swears to keep the existence of the gummy bears a secret. Later on, as the show moved on, other humans would be brought into the mix. The villain of the show, and he's the villain of both Dunwin and the Gummies, is Duke Sigmund Igthorn, who is a noble with an army of ogres, which is really cool. And he lives in the neighboring province of Dreckmore. The Gummy Bears, right up front, confront Igthorn, stopping him from using a catapult to bombard his enemies. By doing so, though, Igthorn becomes aware of the Gummy Bears and wants to discover their secrets to become invincible. What he wants most? Gummy Berry Juice. Which I should have mentioned earlier, while it gives humans the ability to be super strong, it makes Gummy Bears bounce, much like Tiggers. As it turns out, Gummy Berry Juice also makes an excellent fuel for mechanical machines, much like the Smurfs in addition to fighting their main villain, in this case, Igthorn. The Gummies run afoul of other evil humans and magical beings, like wizards, all that sort of stuff, all the while attempting to hide from the world at large and at the same time rediscover their lost culture. And they will rediscover other lost colonies of gummies as time goes on and add to the knowledge. It turns out that the ancient gummies are now scattered all across the world, but have left clues to their existence as well as their technology behind them which will be fuel for many, many encounters between the Gummies and Igthorn especially.
As soon as I started watching the gummy bears, I found the characters amazingly compelling. And they're very well developed, and they have great actors doing the voices of them. So I'll walk through the main seven. We'll talk a little bit about the humans as well. Gummies! Ha-ha! Gruffy Gummy, who in season one was voiced by Bill Scott. You might not know this, but Bill Scott was the voice of Bullwinkle. Sadly, he passed away and was replaced by Corey Burton. Corey Burton's a great voice actor. He's done a ton of stuff. Most notably in the Disney world, he was the voice of Dale on Rescue Rangers. Gruffy is a perfectionist, and he's the one who keeps everything running. Most of the time, Gruffy is the leader of the gummy group, but he has a stubborn authoritarian streak, which often needs to be overruled by Grammy, another gummy who I'll talk about a little bit later. Oh no, oh no, of course not, Gummy. That's just the story. Next is Zummy Gummy. Zummy Gummy was voiced by Paul Winchell in seasons one through five. Paul Winchell has done a ton of voices. Most notably, he was Tigger from Winnie the Pooh and Gargamel on the Smurfs. In season six, he was replaced by Jim Cummings, who also does the voice of Tigger in Disney's stuff and worked on Tailspins and Goof Troop later on. Zummy is the keeper of wisdom, a magician, kind of absent-minded, forgets spells all the time. In cartoons and TV shows, the thing they have to do to wizards is always give them lots of flaws. And Zummy has many. He gets really stressed easily. He has acute fear of heights. And when he is stressed, he has a tendency to reverse letters and mix things up, often with comic consequences. Zummy is one of the oldest gummies in the group, the other being Grammy Gummy, who is voiced by June Foray. But Zummy, where would a human child get its hands on a great medallion? June Foray, good voice actress. To me, she's probably best known as Jokey Smurf. Grammy, as her name suggests, is the matriarch of the Gummy Clan, and she is in charge of the Gummy Berry Juice. She makes a great counterpoint to Gruffy because she's just as hot-headed as he is, but has a tendency to take a more maternal role, which is why the name Grammy is so fitting. Hi, I'm Tummy Gummy. You watch these exciting scenes from today's show? One of my favorite gummies was Tummy Gummy, not just because his name is awesome, and he was voiced by Lorenzo Music. Now, if you've heard Tummy Gummy, you probably recognize his voice. He was the voice of Venkman on The Real Ghostbusters, and he was also the voice of Garfield. Sadly, Lorenzo Music passed away in 2001. Tummy Gummy's kind of young, he's a bit of a glutton, and is a bit slow. It also turns out that he's an excellent sailor. Ruffy, we can't just take it. It's not ours. Sunny Gummy is played by Katie Lee, who was the voice of Sheila on the Dungeons & Dragons cartoon and Rolf on Muppet Babies. She's the rebel tween of the bunch, even kind of has a kind of hip hair for the time. She likes radical fashions, and I think she was sort of designed to sort of blend into the new wave thing that was going on in the 80s. Sunny's a dreamer, and one day dreams that she'll be a princess, which makes her a great person to be friends with Princess Kala. Later on, when Gusto joins the group, she develops a crush on him. I've never seen a human close-up before. The youngest gummy in the gummy group is Cubby Gummy, who was voiced by Noelle North, who was the voice of Rhonda on the Pitfall Harry part of the Saturday Supercade. Cubby is an aspiring knight who probably has a better relationship with Cavan than the rest of the group. Because he's so young, the rest of the group kind of doesn't take him seriously, which is unfortunate because he's one of the boldest gummies in the group and will go into Dunwin to fight crime in his masked identity as the Crimson Avenger. Last to be added to the main gummy group is Gusto Gummy, who was voiced by Rob Paulson, 
Paulson's many, many credits also include Pinky from Pinky and the Brain, as well as Yakko Warner from the Animaniacs and Raphael on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Gusto is an artistic, individualistic gummy who was rescued by Gruffy and Tummy in the 12th episode of Season 2, My Gummy Lies Over the Ocean, where we find out how good a sailor Tummy happens to be. Now, Gusto doesn't actually live in Gummy Glen, but at a cave hidden behind a waterfall. And that might be because, as it's suggested in the show, Gusto, having lived on a desert island for many, many years, is a bit unhinged. But at the same time, he has a very outgoing personality and is often trying to loosen up Gruffy Gummy. There are probably three most important humans in the show. There are some others, but Cavan is probably the first most important, the one who brings the medallion to the Gummies and is their best friend. In season one, Cavan was voiced by Christian Jacobs. In season two, Brett Johnson. In three, David Faustino from Married with Children. In season four and five by Jason Marsden. And in season six by R.J. Williams. They just can't keep anyone in that role. Princess Calla, who's the daughter of King Gregor, the ruler of Dunwin, was voiced by Noelle North. So she was pulling double duty as both Cubby Gummy and her best friend, Princess Calla. The word on the street is that Princess Calla is actually named after the daughter of NBC president at the time, Brendan Tartikoff. We never actually find out who Calla's mother is in the show, and it's often assumed that she died before the series started. Now, King Gregor is very important, voiced by Michael Rye, but he is not as important as the main antagonist of the show, Duke Sigmund Igthorn, who was voiced by Michael Rye. He was a former knight of Dunwin, but was exiled after conspiring after King Gregor. He found refuge in Castle Dreckmore and formed an army of ogres. He's bad-tempered, scheming, and most of the time pretty incompetent. It also turns out that he has a brother named Sir Victor, who is sort of his antithesis. Although we never meet Igthorn or his brother Victor's father, it's hinted that he was more in the vein of Sigmund as opposed to Victor and had tried to take over the kingdom of Dunwin many times. What's going on? Who are those attackers? Other members of the show include Sir Gawain, who is voiced by Michael Rye. He's Cavan's grandfather who originally found the Gummy Medallion. Sir Tuxford, who is the highest ranking member of King Gregor's court and is a kind of fun character. He's voiced by Bill Scott in Season 1, Roger C. Carmel in Season 2, and Brian Cummings in Seasons 3 through 6. You have the Ogres, who are Duke Igthorn's troops, big and strong, except for his littlest one, Toadie, who's a sort of tacticianer and second-in-command. While most of the other Ogres are voiced by Will Ryan, Toadie, or Toadwart, is voiced by Bill Scott in Season 1, and Corey Burton in Seasons 2 through 6. The Gummy Bears was Disney's first major serialized animated television series. It was released with another show at the same time called The Wuzzles, which only lasted 13 episodes. And many animation historians credit it with giving Disney television animation a jumpstart 
that will allow them to thrive in the 80s and 90s. It would become the forerunner to Disney's more famous Disney afternoon time slot, and for many years was a major part of it. This Disney afternoon time slot would spawn such hits as DuckTales, Chippendales Rescue Rangers, Tailspins, Darkwing Duck, Bonkers, and Gargoyles. Now, a lot of those shows would exceed the Gummy Bears in budget and length and would have more episodes, but the Gummy Bears would have the most seasons of any Disney animated series on television at the time. Gummy Bears was actually annually renewed for new episodes over six consecutive years, which is a feat that is very difficult in an animated series. Not many of them can even boast that today. The series ran from September 14, 1985 and concluded its run on September 6, 1991, as part of the Disney Afternoon. The show had 65 episodes, 30 of which were double features, consisting of two 11-minute cartoons. So overall, there were 95 distinct episodes of the show. The show would later be rerun on the Disney Channel and Toon Disney, much to my happiness. Now you heard a little bit of this at the beginning. probably stuck in your head from all the years of it being on TV, and that is the Gummy Bears theme song. It was written by Patty and Michael Silvershire. They did a lot of great stuff for Disney. The Tailspin theme, a lot of music for Chippendale's Rescue Rangers and DuckTales. Silvershire and Silvershire are still working today and have done music for Pajanimals and VeggieTales most recently. The Adventures of the Gummy Bears were broadcast in various countries around the world, but it was very popular in the United Kingdom. So popular that two of the episodes that were released were released as a theatrical featurette in 1986 and 1987, and those episodes were A New Beginning and Faster Than a Speeding Tummy. The show was so popular that Disneyland's motorboat cruise, which no longer exists, was rethemed as the motorboat cruise to Gummy Glen, and plywood characters from the show would make gummy berry juice along the waterway. And during that time, a really cool thing, some of the human characters from the show became meetable characters in the Disney theme parks. Sadly, I haven't seen a gummy bear in Disney in many, many years. There were some PVC gummy bear action figures released, and they're not that common nowadays. But if you keep your eye out, you sometimes see them at garage sales, or you could pick them up on eBay. So if you're at home right now, you're thinking, well, I want to watch the Gummy Bears. What do I do? Well, seasons one through three were released on DVD in a package called Disney's Adventures of the Gummy Bears Volume 1. And that has 47 episodes on it. It was released on November 14th, 2006. They were supposed to follow that up with a Volume 2 of the other 48 episodes, but that never happened. If you're in the UK, Amazon released a box set of seven volumes of the Gummy Bears which is currently unavailable, but you can buy all seven volumes separately. 
So did the Gummy Bears change Disney animation? No. But it did show that Disney still had the creative wherewithal to create something new. And for over a decade after the Gummy Bears launched, we had great Disney animation on television once again. Couple that with all the great animation that Disney was putting into theaters, and you had a real golden age of Disney animation that hasn't been rivaled since. Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, drop by the website at www.retroist.com. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at facebook.com slash retroist and twitter.com slash retroist. A lot of the music that you hear in the retroist is put together by Peachy. Peachy is the games editor over at the retroist at games.retroist.com. If you have some musical needs, why don't you contact Peachy at peachy at retroist.com. The retroist.com forum is open for business and we'd love to have you over there talking about the gummy bears or whatever you'd like to talk about you can get there by going to retroist.com slash forum thanks for listening to the show and i hope you have a great weekend Somebody keeps knocking on my walls. Stop knocking on my walls. I'm trying to record a podcast. Stop knocking. This has been a retrospective production. Goodbye.